going to find yourself in Psalm 77. Isn't it interesting that God gave us 66 books of the Bible? The largest one is a songbook. It's a songbook, and it tells us that God loves songs. 150 songs are included right smack in the middle of our Bible. How many love the book of Psalms and you read in a regular, regular Bible? Sure. It kind of shares with us a lot of emotions, a lot of, a lot of ups and downs of life. And uh, David is one they call the sweet psalmist of Israel, but he didn't write all the Psalms. Solomon wrote a few. Moses wrote a couple at least. Um, and Asaph. Asaph seems to be the, uh, the uh, leader of the song services during that time of the temple, and he did quite a few. He actually wrote this one. And he wrote it to a fella in his choir or a fella who was leading a smaller group in the temple. And he's challenging him with several thoughts. If you were to outline the chapter, I think you would probably see, number one, the situation that, uh, that, that troubled him. Number two, you'd find the self-evaluation that he took. He started evaluating himself. He tried to deal with the situation with his own vision, his own way of thinking of things. And then you find the sovereign God through it all. You'll see that he turns the page and he sees, listen, this situation is not about me. It's not about how I think. It's not my heart throng. No, it's God. And then the last part speaks of the servants of God who lead us and help us in our pathway. Moses and Aaron was who they referenced here. But uh, your relationship would be your Sunday school teacher, be a youth pastor, be your pastor, or uh, someone who spiritually leads you in the work that God's called you to do. This uh, August, we've been speaking about, and I've given you the story of Tyler and the things that God has, uh, is still teaching us through that situation. But um, we're talking about how that God's Spirit is good to sustain and strengthen us through trials of life. All of us have some challenges. You have some things that have happened to you that are somewhat unique to you, but uh, God has entrusted those difficulties to you. Some of you would have loved to be raised in a home where your dad, your biological dad, your biological mother raised you in the nurture and admission of the Lord. How many had that happen to you? Would you raise your hand? How many did not have that happen to you? Would you raise your hand? So many of us, that wasn't our story. And it's a trial. It's a difficulty. A lot of things happen when you're young. A lot of hurt. It's Satan's strategy is to attack the shepherd and scatter the sheep. He wants to attack dad, attack mom, so he can get the kids a lot easier. In a church setting, he wants to attack your spiritual leaders, your shepherding, get the kids, get the, get the sheep, get the younger ones. Hurt everybody that way. And uh, Satan, is he's smart. That's why the, the Bible says it's, it's impossible that offenses come. But if they do come, don't let them come to a child. Because the child has his entire life to live with the hurt of his childhood. Don't let that happen. But the devil's done that. He, and, and trials come, some of them, all trials are caused ultimately because of sin. We live in a fallen world. We got some issues. Every time you ever hear the word cancer, you ever hear divorce, you ever hear a broken home, or you ever hear a murder, or, a, or someone stole, everything, every trial that ever happened to you ultimately boils down to sin. 
We live in a sinful world. Aren't you glad there'll be a time where there'll be no more sin? No more pain, no more sorrows. Everything that comes, uh, no matter what it is, is going to happen. Now, some things, we manufacture our own problems. How many have done that a few times? You can't blame anybody else. You just got to look at the person in the mirror and say, that's their fault. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm in this mess because of that person in the mirror there. I've manufactured. Some problems are caused by circumstances beyond our control. Some of them are satanically done. Some of them are, are done. All of them are caused by sin, but they will oftentimes bring glory to God if we'll realize that everything that happens in my life is father-filtered. Everything that comes into the life of a, of a child of God, God already knows, and he's allowed it to happen to you. But how we deal with our situations are challenging. And we see this not just in Psalm 77, but throughout the Bible, God teaches us uh, to, to learn how to deal with problems. And sometimes he uses illustrations of the singer Asaph here, writing to his, his, uh, one of his choir directors and says to them, look, here's, here's my story. And he tells the story. Let's look at it verse by verse and go through it if we can real quickly. I really appreciate the people of First Baptist Church and your willingness to listen to the word of God. And I thank you for that. I, I'm a really blessed man to be able to preach in this church where large in part, occasionally, some maybe would yawn their way through uh, a, a word from God. But most of you, you have great interest. And many of our sweet friends who are providentially hindered, you cannot get here tonight because of illness or other needs. Uh, I'm glad they listen. I thank you. And I hope you get your Bible out, even if you're on your couch there or you're listening on the radio. Get your Bible out and let's see what the Bible says. Psalm 77, he begins with saying this, I cried unto God with my voice. Even to God with my voice, he gave ear unto me. He said, I was in a bad spot and I cried unto God. By the way, it takes no effort to cry. <laughs> Any baby can do it, right? Now, learning to pray is a different thing. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to cry. No, teach us to pray. Prayer is something you learn. Crying is something you're really good at already. And I'm good at it. Matter of fact, you don't have to teach that. But he said, he said, I cried unto the Lord. I cried with my voice unto the Lord. And he listened to me. Look at verse number two. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. By the way, it's a good thing to do. When you have trouble, now don't pick up Facebook and start typing. Okay, don't put your stuff out there. Uh, once you take it to the Lord in prayer, I love that, that what we heard tonight, we'll hear it again. I must tell Jesus. Okay, I, it's not I must tell Instagram. <laughs> okay, and some of us would be good to get our face out of Facebook and in his book. Spend a little more time on that. We're strolling all the time on our, on our social medias. We might want to get back to the scriptures. Learn how to take our problems to the Lord. He said, I, in the time of my trouble, I, I sought the Lord. That's a good thing to do. Some folks, they have trouble, get disagreements, and they run away from the Lord. And that's crazy. You need to come to the Lord. Doubt your doubts and believe your faith and run to the Lord with your difficulties. Next verse, the Bible says in verse number two, my sore ran in the night. Basically, that means my strength or my hand uh, it was poured out. We got the song broken and poured out. He said, I just, I lost all strength in the difficult season of my trial. And cease not. He said, my soul refused to be comforted. I couldn't become easy. I was, I had a lot of noise going on inside of me. How many ever, as you listen to this, you say, yeah, that's happened to me before. Where I just was out without strength. And I, my soul was just comforted. I just, I couldn't get comfortable inside of my skin. 
Here's the psalmist telling us this is what it was like. Look at the next verse, if you would, please. Verse 3, I remembered God. That's always good to do. And was troubled. It still didn't help me. <laughs> I, know that, I know that God, and the reason is he had a bad opinion of God. Some of us have a bad opinion of God. You say, are you kidding me, Pastor? I put my suit on tonight. I showed up here at church. And yes, you have a bad opinion of God. So how do you know? I've had some of those opinions myself. <laughs> Sometimes we have some stinking thinking about God. You've heard me say a thousand times, probably one of the most important things about us is our faith. One of the most important things about us is what comes to our mind when we think about God. And this guy had some bad, he said, I thought about God and it, 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 it bothered me. I didn't like what I thought about. Look at the next thing the Bible tells us, if we can, please. I complain and my spirit was overwhelmed. He goes, man, I was just overwhelmed. Selah, that means to stop and consider. So he titles this a little bit of his situation. Verse number four, thou holdest mine eyes waking, because I couldn't fall asleep. How many ever been bothered and you can't fall asleep? And uh, one thing I've thought about many times when I've had this problem is the Bible tells us that the Lord never slumbers or sleep. And occasionally I've told the Lord, God, since you're going to stay up all night, how about if I just go to sleep? <laughs> and uh, there's no sense of both of us staying up all night. And uh, sometimes my troubles take, this, take my sleep away from me. It's not, it's not God's fault. It's my fault. But he said, this guy said, I, I couldn't fall asleep. I am so troubled that I cannot even convey verbally my problem. How many of you ever had a problem and you couldn't even talk about it? Just, it was just overwhelming. He said, I got, I got something. I can't even talk about it. I have considered the days of old and the years of the ancient times. So I've considered, I'm sure someone else had this problem and, 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 and were in a bad way a long time ago. And this is, I called to remembrance my song in the night, and it wasn't a pretty song. I commune with my own heart and my spirit made diligent search. He said, I really started thinking about this, and my, I really started trying to figure out and get some answers from within me. If you look at this, you'll find how many times you see the word I and my and me. <clears throat> this guy's got a bad situation. And he begins to turn introspectively. And he tries to find answers from the inside. He's trying to study psychology and the psychology of a human being and his own heart. And he's trying to find the answer. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 3, verse 20, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Many of the advisors of the day and especially the pop stars and the singers that really don't give a rip about people who listen to them. They just to care about them. But if you give them advice, hey, what's the advice? Just go with your heart. Do whatever your heart wants to do. How could something be wrong that feels so right? They want you to go with your thinking, your feelings, and your emotions. That's not biblical. He that trusts in his own heart is a fool. The heart is deceitful above all things. Every once in a while I'll say that verse and someone's saying, I'm so tired of you telling me that my heart is deceitful. I've been claimed by the blood of Jesus. I'm just telling you, uh, the Bible's true. <laughs> and our thinking, our feelings, and our desires are squirrely. And that's, by the way, that's your soul. You know, one of the reasons you come to church and you go to Sunday school is so your pastor and your Sunday school teacher and your spiritual leader and your mom and dad can watch for your soul. And why it's important to be in church? 
It's why it's important to read the Bible. Why it's important to have spiritual leaderships? Because our soul vacillates. It's got issues. Sometimes we don't think right, we don't feel right, we don't want the right thing. And when someone gets up and tells what the Bible says, it gets us back to ground zero. We're now thinking better. Some of us, we come in and we think, you know what, i got every reason in the world not to forgive that person. And then the pastor preaches on forgiveness. Like, man, someone's been reading my mail, or what's going on here? How does he know that? You know, who knows that God's sending someone to talk to you about a problem. And you, you come to church and you've got your tithe in your pocket, but you're looking at your bills and you're looking at a school bill, you're looking at this thing, and you're like, eh, I don't, I don't know. And then the pastor preaches on tithing. And trusting God and obeying him, like, man, it helps us get our, our straight, get our mind straight. We are thinking about all this stuff, and we're supposed to be thinking about souls of men and doing what's right. And, and our Sunday school teacher takes a lesson and teaches on that, and you think, wow. That changed my whole thinking on that situation. And it's not the pastor knows anything about you. Occasionally someone gets upset with me and thinks I'm thinking about you and the message. But uh, I, I, I don't even know when that's ever happened. I'm not saying there haven't been things that come across our hearts and minds and are in counseling or things of that nature, but that, that is foolish. What we want to do is take the word of God and share what the Bible says. And if the shoe fits, put it on. Wear it. God's speaking to your heart. It's not a personal thing. It's a biblical thing. If you've got something I said that's not right, let's talk about it. Let's you help me with it. I'm not, I'm not above that. I've made a lot of mistakes. But I want to I help you from the Word of God. Your son's teacher wants to do the same thing. They're going to reset your soul so your soul's right. He said, but you know what? I'm not thinking right. Let's look at the ways he wasn't thinking right. Look at the next verse, if you would, please. So he's gone self to find some answers. Here's some rhetorical questions, some questions. Will the Lord cast us off how long? He said he's doubting God. Now he's gone to a skeptical mindset. And he's, he's, he's evaluating. He stayed up all night long. He's thinking about all these things. He's turned inward in his answers. And by the way, you don't have answers here. You have answers here. You have answers to the Holy Spirit of God, through the Word of God. And, uh, you know, feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceitful. God's, uh, God's way is the word of God. And, and don't go with anything else that's a counterfeit. Trust God's word. Don't go with your feelings. Feelings are suspect. But he says, here's my thought. After I've been thinking about this and laying awake all night and communing with myself, I'm, I'm having doubts about God. What's he doubting about God? Number one, does he give a rip about me? Does he care about me? Has he just cast us off? Has he just like said, no, I'm just tired of you. You know what the Bible tells us? Cast all your care upon him because why? Yeah. Each of these things can be, can be debated. But this is what he was feeling. He's the Lord, has, has the Lord cast us off forever? Verse number seven. And will he, will he be favorable no more? Is he going to favor me anymore? Is he, is, he, is he done with giving me help? Is his mercy clean gone, over, uh, gone forever? Has he stopped showing mercy to me? Does the promise fail forevermore? Is his promise worth even keeping? Is he, is, he, is, is he right on his promise? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Is he gracious? Is his anger shut up in his tender mercies? Selah, think about it. So he's become skeptical. He doubts God's love. He doubts God's favor. He doubts God's mercy. He doubts God's promises. He doubts God's grace. 
By the way, when you doubt God's promises, I think it would be good for us to look at a couple of these verses real quickly. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6. Hold your place there. Just real quickly, this would be a good place for you to underline a verse in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 6. Let's hear those pages turn. Everybody, here we go. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews in the back of your Bible there, closer to the back than the front. You might find it easier by going to Revelation and backing up a few books. Chapter number 6, verse number, uh, let's, pick up, let's pick up with verse 17. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto heirs of the promise of the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. He's speaking about God's promises. Verse seven, 18, read it together with me. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, which hope we have as an anchor of our soul. How many would like to underline that right there in your Bible? It's a hope that's an anchor to your soul. And, but but sh- both sure and steadfast and, and entereth into, into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is, is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. There's a lot of context there, but I will just tell you this, the, the important thing is to understand how many times has God lied? Never. It's impossible for him. He's the way, he's the truth. And even Titus chapter 1 says, and when it comes to the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, promise for the world began. Let me just tell you, Satan and self and society want you and I to think negatively about God. They want you to think that he doesn't care about you. Never forget, there's a precious lady in this room and she would know who this person is. But I went to a hospital room and I and there was a man who was living a, a double life. He was in sin. He wasn't faithful to church, but he would come occasionally. He loved his kids, but he was so sinful, he couldn't love anybody properly. Nothing skews your, 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 your horizontal relationships like a bad relationship with God. And sin and immorality always creates a lack of trust, deceit, and a lack of communication. It just goes together. And this guy was guilty of all those. But I, I asked him one day, I said, hey, do you believe God loves you? I'll never forget. It was right here at Munster Community Hospital in that room. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? He might love me a little bit, but not like he loves everybody else. And I said, that's your problem. You don't believe the God of the Bible. You're not trusting the God of the Bible. And by the way, you have a low opinion of God, you'll have a low life. You have a high opinion of God, you'll raise your, your ceiling of commitment and trust in Him. Many of us, we live so low in our commitment level, it's because we don't trust God. We don't think He's a rewarder of those who would to seek Him. Many of us are glad to accept Him for our Savior, but we're not willing to trust Him for our next step, for whatever He wants to do with our life. Because we don't think. We think if we do it, he'll rip us off. And you think if you give yourself to the Lord, oh, you're going to lose, man. You're going to have a bad life. No, you'll have the best life. God always leaves the best for those who leave the choice up to him. But to leave the choice up to God, you must trust him. And this fellow was having some real problems. He had a situation. He had gone to the self for answer. Now it made him a skeptic. But then he pulls out of this tailspin. Let's look and see what happens, if you would please, in verse number, uh, verse number 10. And I said, this is my infirmity. Here's why I'm so sick. 
And by the way, if you and I don't trust the Lord, we are sick spiritually. We're plagued with the failure of faith in trusting God. He said, here's, I've identified my sickness. You know, many folks want to go to the doctor and find out what's wrong with me. I talked to a precious family today, and they said, we're still doing tests on situation. We don't know what the problem is. This guy, all of a sudden, he gets an aha moment. He says, you know, I think I know why I'm sick. And here's what he says. Let's look at it. Verse number 10. This is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High God. I will remember the works of the Lord, and surely I will remember thy wonders of old. Would you read verse number 12? I will also on all thy work and talk of all these things. Then thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Isn't that fun just to read that part? Read it with me, would you please? Verse number, verse number 13, everybody. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. You know what pulled him out of the tailspin? He remembered certain things. He remembered, he meditated on some things that, that were important. He talked about them, and he praised God at the end of it. You know, if you're in a tailspin where maybe you can say, man, I can identify with this dude right here. I, I got some problems I can't even talk about. I can't stay. I can't even get a good night's rest. They're bothering the fire out of me. I'm struggling. I'm struggling thinking if God's good, then why is this happening to me? Why am I going through a trial? If God's all that in a bag of chips, then why am I having such a hard time? You're not going to find that answer within yourself. You're going to need to go to the God of the Bible. And you're going to find out, number one, remember. Remember, first of all, the things he's done in the past that have been very impressive. Remember his power. Aren't you, aren't you great? Aren't you, I think anybody who's been saved for any amount of time, and it's amazing, sometimes some perceived strongest Christians say some of the dumbest things when they're in the valley. Against God. I kind of want to say, man, I was there when God helped you. Remember what he did. Remember when he flexed his proverbial muscle in your situation. Remember how he helped you through that situation. Some of those folks, I was there when that baby was born. And they thought I was going to die. I was, I was there when they put oil on, his, on that little baby's head. had more wires going out of it. And you can shake a stick in it. We prayed. And the doctor said, just plan a funeral. I'm so sorry. This is very difficult. This kid's very sick. And the next day, they're like, I don't understand what happened to this kid. And God flexed his proverbial muscles and said, hey, I can take care of that. I can take care of that. He said, whenever you're going through a deep time, look back to what God has done in your past. Meditate on his work. Listen, if all God did was to save my wicked soul, he is worthy of praise. And he's done a lot more than that. He's done a lot more than that for me, and he's done a lot more than that for you. He says, I want you to meditate on his past performances and his power and what he's done for you. He says, I want you to meditate on the wonders that he's done. You having a hard time? Take a walk in a forest someplace. Drive out into the country. Take a look at some things that God puts together. And thank God for his presence and his power, his performance, what he's done in times past. He said, number one, you've got to remember. By the way, the whole book of Deuteronomy is teaching us to remember some things. That's what it's all about. He tells me, I don't want you to forget 
how good I was and what I did for you. So if you want to pull out the tailspin here of skepticism, number one, remember how good God has been. Remember his past power, his past performances, and what he does special in your life. Number two, he says, I want you to meditate on it. Think about how the things you were thinking about before, how bad God is. He's, he's forgotten us. He doesn't, he is no longer merciful. He's no longer good. He's no longer gracious. He's no longer going to favor us. Hey, turn that thing around. And, and remember how good God's been to you. And meditate on it. Think about it. So most of us, I think we could remember this. We remember, we meditate. The third thing is something we fail to do sometime. He said, I want you to talk about his great things. I think is, and I've talked to you about this before. It's interesting. The Bible tells us, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy heart. Is that what the Bible says? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. It should be just as normal as breathing for you and I to walk up to our friends and say, hey, listen, let me tell you what the Bible shared with me the other day. Give me a verse, buddy. Give me a verse that comes to your heart. It ought to be just as natural, girls, when you get on the phone with someone, hey, before we get into talking about the kids and how I can take care of this and how I can puree some, some baby food, tell me, what's a verse you have? Give me a verse. Let me, let me learn something from you. And then I'll tell you mine. It ought to be just as normal as breathing for a child of God to talk about the Scriptures, but talk about God's goodness. I love, there's a man in this room right now, and there's been some sweet things that have happened to him. I knew him when he was in the gutter. I knew him when it was really awful being him, and it was awful being me because I knew him. But I remember, I now see what God has done to touch his life, and when he rehearses those things, we go over the same thing oftentimes, but every time it blesses my heart. This is what God did. God took this. Remember how it was, Pastor? Oh, it was terrible. But look what God's done. It's amazing. No one could do that but God. And speak about his goodness. Remember his performances. Meditate upon his performances. And then talk about it. Anybody got something you could talk about right now? You were thinking about the goodness of God. Who could tell me something you thank God for? Yes, ma'am, Maria. You love looking at the sky. I do too. I went out to Indiana and there's actually stars up there. How about that? Boy, in, in the big city, you don't see it so much. Yes, sir, Bobby, what comes to your mind? Amen. Thank God for church. Aren't you glad for church? There's no perfect church. If you ever find a perfect church, stay out of it. Okay, you'll mess it up. But thank God for a church. What comes to your mind when you think you want to praise God? Yes, sir, Lawrence. He helped Miss Tammy through a brain tumor. And uh, took care of her through that. What a wonderful testimony that is. That's a wonderful testimony. Brother Lenny. Christian friends. How many thank God for the Christian friends God's given you? Boy, there ain't nobody like God's people. They're the best. We, are, we, we, we all got issues, but I love, I love God's people. That's, that's my people. That's who I like to be with. And boy, God gave them to me. One of the things I think, one of the greatest blessings I got when I got saved wasn't just salvation. It was a brothers and sisters in Christ. I love my brothers and sisters. And we ought to praise the Lord for that. So when you're going a little bit squirrely, Remember what God's performance has been. Think about it deep. And then start telling somebody how good he is. And then tell God how good. There ain't no God like our God. I know it doesn't say ain't, Miss Murawski, and I'm so sorry about that. But there is not a God like our God. He's the best. And then begin to rehearse for the children of Israel's sake the Red Sea. 
The Red Sea is rehearsed several times throughout our Bibles, numbers of times in Psalms. It's a part of a song in Exodus and then in, in Joshua. Over and over again, he said, don't forget the Red Sea. Don't forget the Red Sea. And then how that God put people in my life, Moses and Aaron, to lead me. How many think about the person that led you to the Lord? You can think about that person. I'm so glad for the night my dad led me to the Lord. Very thankful for that. I'm glad for the pastors and the teachers that God gave me. Mr. Mr. Good was my teacher. And I loved having him in my fifth grade class. That guy, I look forward to going to, going to class with him. He would have activities for us. But when I came, he, he was serious about the Bible. And he would have us read it. He said, read this ahead of time. I'll talk about it tomorrow. Well, I'm so glad for Mr. Good. I'm glad for Mr. Wark, who in my junior high years began to continually, uh, he, we, we'd, we had a big gathering in the Sunday school, then he had split up, and we, the junior high boys would go over there, and he'd teach them a class. I love that class. I love people who directed my life. So I think we find this song. Here's a guy that has a bad situation. He goes to his self for answers. When he went to his self, he got skeptical, and especially skeptical with the God of heaven. Bad, bad place to be. Then he started remembering. He started meditating. He started verbalizing how good God's been, and he told others, and he told God about it. And then he started saying, you know what? God gave me people in my life to guide me, to love me, to help me. Moses and Aaron, they weren't perfect. Both of them didn't go into the promised land because of their own sin. But they were people God used to lead the children of Israel, and he rejoiced with that. Pray for your spiritual leaders. Follow them, love them as they follow Christ. Be a part of that situation. And I think we'll pull out the tailspin of skepticism. And when trials come, you'll be, you'll be okay if you'll meditate, if you'll remember, if you'll verbalize, and if you'll praise God through your trials. Let's pray together. Can we please?